Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 147 of Lesbians You Write. This week's topic is Winter Olympics and writing. What can you learn? Joining me is my co-host, the Olympic phobic TV Markinson. Hello TV, how are you today? Kind of sad we're going to talk about the Winter Olympics today because I'm already cold. It's freaking cold in Massachusetts today. And now we have to talk about Winter Olympics. This is going to make me colder. Can we change the topic? It might be a bit late, but you know, you can just imagine that there's sunshine and, and the ice is melting, okay? I, I will, I'll try to get past the fact that you're making me think about winter when I'm really cold. I'm actually wearing a beanie during the recording because my office is really cold. I have some Kindle Vela news. Would you like to know my Kindle Vela news? I would love to, love to. So Miranda McLeod and I have been publishing a London Love Story, which is a serial on the Vela platform. And I'm surprised by the reception. It's been really actually fantastic. Um, when I checked it this morning, so we're recording this on the uh, 15th of February. When I checked it this morning, it was at number 29 of all series on the platform. Not number 29 in lesbian or sapphic fiction, number 29 overall. So it's exciting to see our series rank so high overall in the Kendavella store. So I'm not sure how many readers that actually translates into because it's an entirely new platform, but I'm gonna take it as a win. We weren't sure what we were getting into. Number 29 in the overall store. I would take that definitely as a win. It sounds very exciting and very yay. Yeah, or toot toot. Toot toot. But I'll take the your American yay. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, when, when did Americans uh, colonize the word yay? How, when did that happen? Oh, you do. You guys have screwed it all up. Right, okay. spell everything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You don't use verbs, right? We're we're working on the uh, American-British diplomacy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so in more amazing news, um, last week, IHL, which is the website I run for uh, sapphic fiction, it had, just in the week, 10,000 views. I know that's a small drop in the internet bucket, but... For IHL a year ago, that's the number of views we were getting a month, not in a seven-day period. It coincided with the 99-cent sale, but the numbers have been steadily ticking up with the addition of the Book of the Month polls, Friday feels, and the Reading Challenge. It's fantastic to see because the increase of views also means there are more and more newsletter subscribers each week, which helps all fiction authors who feature their books on the website. So it's exciting to see on my end that after five years, I'm having an impact. (laughs) (laughs) You know what we always say, TV, just keep going. Every day for five years, TV has plugged away at this website. So um, it is true. And we're all we're all going to reap the benefits. So uh, well done you. Yeah, it, it, it is testament to what we always say, though, that isn't it? Just keep going because, like, it is kind of, I guess it kind of ties in with the whole Olympic theme that we're going to hit later. Like, you know, I'm sure athletes also have to just keep going and keep building. Maybe IHL is kind of the Winter Olympian. I don't know. I was trying to make it clever and it did not work. (laughs) (laughs) Which Winter Olympian would IHL be? It feels like that should be a quiz on auto straddle, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
I'm sure they, I'm sure I'm on their radar completely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in other fun news, this past weekend, I went for an adventure with Pepper. Pepper is my car. Mm -hmm. The weather was in the mid fifties and the roads were pretty clear. It was the first adventure of the year, at least in Pepper. I've gone on some drives with a friend who has an SUV because we've been having really bad winter. But it was my first adventure of the year with Pepper. And um, I have to admit, it felt great to be able to feel the sun on my bare skin on my forearms because I was able to roll up my sleeves. And I only had to wear a vest. I didn't go hiking because the trails are still an icy, muddy mess. But um, I was able on my trip, I went through a central mass and I went by some of my favorite like microbreweries and farm stands and everything. So I was able to stock up on beer and honey for my tea. And my um, favorite orchard has a, a store. I was able to get some of the Honeycrisp apples they still had in stock, which are my favorite. So it was fantastic. I love these apples. I fell in love with them last summer, the first time I had one. But the bad news, Sadly, this was, I went on this adventure on Saturday. Sadly, when I woke up on Sunday, the snow was back, and the cold weather's back, and the wind is back, and it's back to why I hate February. It's brutal here. Don't like it. But, you know, up until the snow thing, I was just thinking that, you know, you, you had a nice day out in the sun. Um, yes. Your Kindle Vela series is doing well. IHL is doing well. Could it be that TB is coming round, back round to the year of positivity? Oh, I hope so, because um, it takes a lot less energy to be positive sometimes. <laughs> or at least the negative energy you have to put into being negative, it seems more draining and it seems to um, impact my shoulders more because you, you hunch more and like being negative, it's just not good for the body. No, it's not. Just not, not good for the body. So I'm trying to stick with the positive because I want to have a nice life. How are things over there? Is it cold? Is it warm? Are, are, the, are the daffodils popping up? Do you know, I haven't noticed daffodils. They're normally up by now, aren't they? But, but they are. having said that, I haven't been uh, walking around the park uh, lately. Because, so, you know, my walk now tends to be down to my office at North Greenwich by the river and then back. So have I seen daffodils? Do you know, there might have been. Do you know, sometimes I'm just not very observant of nature. <laughs> I've noticed that. You're not very observant when there's like a car accident right in front of us either. <laughs> I'm probably walking past loads of daffodils every day. Who knows? Maybe. Is your wife more observant? She is. Yeah, she is. Can you ask her when um, when you see her, be like, TV wants to know, are the daffodils out yet? <laughs> I'll, I'll ask her. She would really like to see the bright yellow. They're so adorable. Yes. But anyway, we're recording this on a week when it's been very wet uh, in the UK. So it's been very, very rainy today. Uh, but it was kind of cool because I was in my um, office workspace today. They've got like these little bits in the middle, sort of patios, uh, open to the open to the elements patios. So we're, we're, I, we're I'm on the top floor. So basically they've got like little enclosed roof terraces in the middle of the floors. So they've got bifold doors all around them. So if, if it's raining, as we learnt today, just the rain comes down and you're, you're kind of sitting in the middle and it's like a water feature and the, there's two of them in the middle of the offices so it's kind of weird but kind of cool that is interesting i wonder why the reason for that construction who knows because it's edgy and cool but i suppose in the summer it's going to be nice because then they'll have the bifold doors open and then you can just go and sit in the sun yeah i was wondering if it had to be had to do with being more environmentally friendly so less space to heat and then easier to uh because you guys don't really do air conditioning, but you can get the flow of air. Mm, 
yeah who knows who knows anyway but what have I been doing I've been carrying on with my spring release now it, it, it did stutter because I think last time around I was saying to you that I, I need to get hold of somebody to ask questions for my research uh, into it so I put together a list of questions and I've emailed and I didn't hear back so then I tried to ring them uh, this particular vineyard they're basically not taking calls they just basically said we're not open till March uh, it, and if you want to get hold of us, email this, it, it, contact us on this email, which is the one I already contacted them and they ignored me. So I've tried again, but it did force me into, um, you know, I know I could uh, bring a different vineyard, but I kind of want to base, um, sorry, I've just uh, said um, vineyard. Uh, so, so this book is based in a vineyard, TB. <laughs> I was going to call you out on that, but I was, because I remember the last time you said a certain industry. <laughs> So it's based in a vineyard, and so I need, I wanted to go to this particular one because I visited it, and I'm, I'm kind of basing it on that. So uh, what I decided to do was just look at all their, read all their blogs on their website, and look at all their Instagrams, and actually they've got a lot of information on there, because I had had a look at all the About Us on their website, but it wasn't as much as I wanted, but I went to their Instagram and watched all their videos, and just looked at all the times that things are being done and stuff. So. Um, I feel like now I've got almost enough to crack on. Um, well, I definitely have. So this morning I spent rejigging the, some of the chapters and um, yeah, and then I wrote another few thousand. So that's good. So I'm hoping to uh, get back on track with that one this week. In other news, um, the audiobook of Change of Heart is um, ongoing. So I've listened to the first six chapters um, and given feedback. So I think I've got another six chapters to listen to. I can't really listen to that in my shared office space. So um I have to wait till I get home for that. So it's buzzing along. Um, in other news, I've also signed, we have audiobooks, I've signed a contract, two contracts for German audiobooks. So I've never had German audio, different language audiobooks. So this week I've signed contracts for German audiobooks of Change of Heart and Before You Say I Do. Um, so that's exciting. But I, I never thought that my books would be audioed in different languages. <laughs> When you say you've signed contracts, is this something that you're working with a publisher or are you working with the narrator and you're going to upload everything? Oh, no, I'm working with the publisher. So I'm working with Ilva. So that's exciting. So hopefully they'll be both be out. I don't know. I haven't got a timeline. So however long they take to record in Germany. I mean, this the audio process normally is a long one because it's you know more time intensive and they have to edit and everything. And I'm, I've gotten to the point now where since you're you're listening to your book, I just don't do that anymore. I pay someone to do it because it's easier for me. Yeah, uh, I, I, as as we know, I I'm completely understand that. Um, also, this week, so we're recording this uh, on February the fifteenth, and um, it's going to go out on the twenty first, I think. Yeah. Um, so last weekend, so I went to see Spurs on Sunday, uh, and it rained. It rained non-stop, so we got wet on the way there. Uh, we had a ticketing kerfuffle, but we eventually got in. I went with my friend Eleanor, who's a big Spurs fan. Um, luckily, the stadium is world-class. It's one of the best in the world, 
uh, it's great. Unfortunately, the team is shite, and so we lost 2-0. It rained non-stop, but we had a nice, we had some nice food, we had some nice beer, and we didn't get wet because the stadium is all covered. So, you know, you've got to look on the positives, TB, haven't you? And then we walked back in the rain. Obviously, it's a half an hour walk from the stadium to the tube. We got absolutely fucking soaked. And then we got on the tube and steamed for about 45 minutes. And then we went back to my friend's house because uh, her wife is American and a big Super Bowl fan. So my wife came over and um, they cooked like chili and rice and we had some onion dip and we had a chocolate mousse cake and we watched the Super Bowl. Were you there all day? Did you stay the night? We got there, we got back from our football at seven and then we had like dinner and some and some drinks. And then we stayed, yeah, we stayed till, till the game in, ended, which was about three o'clock in the morning. That's very funny that you actually watched the Super Bowl because um, since I had gotten beer on my uh, adventure, I poured a beer and um, I went to sit down on my couch to watch the Super Bowl, but um, I don't have cable. I've cut the cord and I only have like the free version of NBC. So when they were like, oh, you can only watch 45 minutes or you can pay money for this. I was like, fuck that. I'm not paying money for this. I'm not that big of a Super Bowl fan. So I watched something else. So I think it's funny that you, the, the British lady, uh, watched the Super Bowl and the American lady was like, no, not paying it. Not only did I watch Super Bowl, I watched Super Bowl on an American feed because they pay to get an American feed because they want all the American adverts. So, uh, yeah, so I watched like the uh, the authentic American Super Bowl experience. But yeah, it was all right. But, you know, for someone, I I'm a big sports fan, but I really don't understand uh, NFL. So, yeah, they were trying to explain it to me, but I'm just like, I, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun to just watch. So crashing on comments, what you got? All right, first up we have Brandy. Brandy says, I really enjoyed the show. Who knew women were the main audience of MM Fiction? I'm still laughing laughing, and picturing lesbian squirrels. Thanks, TV, because I thought the um, the squirrel MM story was this adorable. Brandy also suggested I should write a story about squirrels at a sapphic furries convention, but sadly, I don't think I have the skill set to do justice to a sapphic squirrel furries convention convention <laughs> so it's it, not sure i could pull it off it's begging to be written tb you know that right yes but i don't do paranormal <laughs> <laughs> so i think you would actually need someone who knows the genre to write it so we're just gonna leave this here for listeners if there is a sapphic fiction author who's like oh i want that idea have at it you have an audience brandy wants to read it yeah so that's all for comments on this end. We have a Sophia's a coffee update, but do you have any comments before we get to that? No particular comment, no. But I will say that uh, I did a little um, post on social media, sort of echoing our romance pride theme of last week. I got a lot of support for it, but a lot of people just saying that you have to get over societal expectation, and it kind of blows that you have to do that, but you do. Uh, but So I think that that topic hit home. I feel like we always have to get over societal expectations. Sometimes I have to remind myself that we're actually in the year 2022. Mm, yes. Because we still seem very backwards <laughs> on certain things. But yes. All right. So, well, it's good to know that topic. Because when I suggested it, I was like, again, I didn't know it was going to land on Valentine's Day. That was just very fortuitous. I didn't realize it would resonate with so many. It's good to know. All right. So, buy us a copy. Maureen uh, bought us a coffee and said, very entertaining and good info, ladies. So thank you very much, Maureen. We appreciate the support. 
Yes, we do. And if you uh, like what we do and would like to support all the costs that come along with this uh, podcast for hosting and producing, um, do go over and buy us coffee. We'd very much appreciate it. All right, we're going to crash on to uh, the topic of the day, which is Winter Olympics and writing. What can you learn? Now, I thought that this was a timely one to do because the Winter Olympics, as this comes out on the 21st, just finished yesterday. Uh, and I'm sure that um, you, everybody will have caught some of it even just a glimpse of lycra. TB shaking her head. <laughs> when I suggested this uh, topic to her, she went, yeah, but I haven't watched any. I said, yeah, but you know what it is, right? I do know what the Winter Olympics are. Um, the Winter Olympics are not my favorite Olympics. I think people might realize listening to the intro that I don't like being cold <laughs> and I don't like ice and I'm tired of snow. It's no longer Christmas. Snow should go away. So Winter Olympics always kind of rub me the wrong way because they make me cold, and okay. I don't like being cold. Okay. So you'll be surprised to learn that I'm taking the lead on this one. Because um, so, <laughs> all TV's got to say is it's a bit cold. Um, so as the Winter Olympics in Beijing comes to a close and everyone puts away their colourful lycra for another four years, I've been watching and paying attention to the athletes, to their performances, to their body language, and what they say afterwards, win or lose. And it got me thinking to how similar in many ways the Olympics are to writing and what we can learn from the athletes who risk it all to win a medal. So first, hats off to all the athletes competing in the Winter Olympics because, let's face it, in the Summer Olympics, people run down a track, jump into a sandpit or jump over a small hurdle. It's not life and death stuff, is it? Whereas in the Winter Olympics, you hurl yourself down uh, an ice track on a dinner tray, you ski off super steep mountains at breakneck speed, and you fling yourself off said mountains, perform a trick in the air, and then try and land without breaking your neck. Um, so, well done them. Um, now, writing is not life or death either, but we do have to put a lot of effort into our books to make sure they land properly, and we don't break our necks doing it. And and while it's not life or death, writing a book can feel like it's killing you at any stage in the process. So, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> TV's nodding along now. It's not cold anymore, is it? Um, now, it's not literally, if not, you know, it's not literally killing you. Although it might be. But metaphorically, it definitely is. But just keep, as we say, just keep going. Just keep clinging to the mountain. So I think there is a couple of ways that I thought that there were sort of um, parallels. So I was particularly interested in a comment I heard about sports like, so the snowboard cross. Now, I don't know if you saw this. Um, no, you didn't. You haven't seen any of the Winter Olympics. It's basically, it's kind of like a really, really steep mountain. And you have to go, you have to kind of zigzag ski down a really steep hill. And then it's sort of got some ski jumps in the middle of it as well. So there's no flags to go around, but you have to follow a, a course down. Um, and do some ski jumps as well. Now, when this one was introduced in the, I think it was the sort of early bit of this century, traditional elite of the winter sporting world saw it as a bit of a Johnny come lately. They were, snowboard cross was seen as a bit of a sport for more creative athletes, the younger crowd who wanted more freedom of expression. And the ones that didn't want to just train like robots, the ones that wanted to have fun with their sport, how very dare they? So I got to thinking that maybe there's parallels with indie authors and the traditional publishing model. 
because the theory is that indies have just crashed the scene and they would say that, that you know we're we're writing substandard books and, and we're not we're not the same as traditional published authors and we're and we're conning the readers and expect the same rewards but a little like the snowball cross athletes who work just as hard as the alpine skiers and they deserve all the acclaim for their hard work and dedication to their sport similarly indie authors work just as hard as traditionally published authors although as some may say even harder because we have to do it all ourselves so we deserve the acclaim we get I would agree, and it also ties in with the whole people poo-poo romance as well, like, because mm. they think that's easier as well. Yes. We're kind of sticking with some themes, like, give us respect, bitches. Yes! <laughs> and if anybody is, is a writer and can do Snowball Cross as well, double respect. Double respect. Um, because just like the Snowball Cross athletes, we work hard, we entertain, and we're not going anywhere, and the crowds enjoy us as much as the skiers, if you will. If I'm... Tr- if I'm Carrying on with this uh, metaphor. <laughs> You're following it? You're following it? <laughs> I- I'm following, and now I'm like, well, I might have to, like, YouTube what this is, because I can't picture it in my head, so I might have to, like, be like, what, what the fuck is she talking about? Because <laughs> not only can we do skiing down mountains, we can do jumps too, TV. But more, as well as that parallel, more I thought when I watched all these athletes doing all the different sports, was the hard work they put in, the hours, all of those things that help them achieve their goal of standing on snow or ice, TB wouldn't like it and representing their country you have to show dedication tenacity and also literally and metaphorically the ability to fall down crash out of a race do it in front of the world watching and then show the bravery to pick yourselves up again in public dust yourself down and start all over again so what I'm saying is being a writer is a lot like being a winter Olympic sport athlete just with less lycra and more biscuits yes Yes, I agree. And some of these athletes, when they do crash and burn, they get seriously injured. Mm. Like they're being hospitalized mm. and they're rehabbing and they're going back out there. And as we would say in the American West, getting back on the horse and major kudos to them for overcoming not just an injury, but the fear. Because when you do hurt yourself seriously, you have that fear. Your body does not forget the pain. No. So their no. dedication, I mean, don't get me wrong, just because I don't watch the Winter Olympics, I admire any athlete's dedication. And when you said get back on the horse, then I was thinking of a horse on skis, and I thought, poor horse! Would, would, would I don't would, think they need skis. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the horse would need four skis or two? I can't quite, can't quite work it out. Possibly two. No, possibly four. Tiny little skis. <laughs> anyway, let's not put horses on skis. That would be that would be bad. Poor horse. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> legs though I know but like they're parallel (laughs) (laughs) but don't yeah but don't they move at different times anyway if anyone's got any (laughs) (laughs) if anyone's got any knowledge of how horses legs work do let us know um but (laughs) I think I've broken tv now but like an athlete as I said you have to show up every day and do the work and you have to get through the hard times and stay the course I think I did mention this last week as well you know it's not just about doing it once you just have to do it again and again and again and it's like it's about perfecting your craft and you'll have to do this again and again and again in the Olympics but then again and again and again on on the practice uh, circuits and you know all the drafts we have to do is all the practice and then actually when you when you launch your book it's like the first rep first run in the Olympics isn't it TB and you have to like an athlete you have to listen to those who've done it before and try and learn from their mistakes and experience but you also have to be determined to walk your own path 
and there are no guarantees of rewards. Now you might win a gold. And I was trying to think what the gold, what the writing a gold, what the writing equivalent of a gold medal is. Now I think it depends on what your level, what your idea of success is, right? For some people, it'll be hitting number one in the Amazon uh, lesbian fiction charts. But for other people, if you may say if you're wide or with your books or you're not chart driven, um, it might be a monetary goal, or it or it might be um, the amount of I don't know the amount of books you have or the amount of pages you have. Who knows? Awards. Awards. So whatever your your standard of gold is, you might not you might win it, but you might fall short. But if you want a long career and a good career, take heed from these athletes. They'll all tell you don't focus on the results, focus on the process, take it one step at a time, and the results will look after themselves. Because the outcome for athletes, just like the outcome, let's say it's sales, they're not in your control. So don't focus on the gold medal, don't focus on the amount of sales you got, because therein lies the way to madness. What you can control is showing up and doing the training and doing the work. You cannot focus on what your book what you expect your book to do once it's published. You that there's no guarantee in that. No. Expectations will kill you. You like death. You've been using <laughs> death a lot. <laughs> Um, but luckily, if you get into the writing habit, you should hopefully. Uh, so the, I was just thinking as well. The Olympic athletes, they once every four years, right? They have to show up and they have to perform on stage in front of everybody once every four years. The pressure must be enormous, enormous, um, and they have to do it all on ice. I mean, bonkers, right? I can't even stand up on ice, and that's not even that's in shoes, not even on, <laughs> not even not even on, on an ice skate. I, I hate I hate actually doing anything on ice or snow. I'm not a skier, I'm not a skater. Um, and I did, uh, once I was walking home from school when I was 13 and I just baked this sort of pork and apple stew. It sounds disgusting, it probably was. Uh, but my mother, my family never knew because I, I, I slipped on some ice on the way home and dropped it. And I broke the pirate's dish and the pork and apple stew went all over the pavement TV. Still scarred. Did I ever tell you about my snow mountain experience? Uh, was that the one with the with the guide? He said one step at a time. Was it a different? No, one? there was no snow in that one. Because okay, that was in Malaysia. And there was no snow. There was a lot of rain. Right, but no snow. No, when I was uh, much younger, I had an uncle who was kind of crazy. Not crazy in a like bad way, like you know he hates your politics or something like that. But he was the kind of guy who was very adventuresome. So um, we were in Utah, and he decided to take me up to the top of a mountain in Utah. And this was in, like, the spring or summer. And so we took the ski lift up, and then he was like, you know, we should hike down. But the thing with uh, the Rocky Mountains is there's usually snow at the top, no matter what time of year. So we started hiking down, and then um, we realized that there was a lot of snow, but we got to the point where we couldn't hike back up. So basically what he did was he was like, all right, there's only one way down. We had to sit on our bums and go all the way down on our butts in the snow. And I did this at a very young age. And this might be my reason why I hate snow and ice. Mm. <laughs> because I had to slide down a fucking mountain <laughs> on my butt. That would contribute, I'm, I'm imagining. And do you know what? It just reminded me actually of a, of a time that when I thought I was going to die on an ice on a glacier. When I was travelling, I went to New Zealand and I, I hiked up the Fox Glacier. 
uh, when I got to the top, I'm in my crampons, and I thought, Do you know what, this is this is fucking ridiculous. I don't know why I'm even doing this. I hate ice. I hate the cold. I hate it's all a bit wet and cold, and and I might one one wrong move, and I could fall down a crevice. I could see the crevice, and I was like, I just want to get off this this uh, glacier alive. And then I promised myself I would never do anything so stupid like that again. It's funny though, you don't realize this until you're at the top because I remember standing <laughs> yeah. at the top of a volcano in uh, Guatemala and thinking, this is really fucking dangerous. My shoes hurt because they're so hot. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to my metaphor of writers are like Olympic athletes. You, you have to do all this with the world watching. You have to write with the world watching if you, if you want to be a published author and make a career out of this. And anything for anyone in the public eye, big or small, takes courage and commitment. Putting yourself out there, taking risks, knowing the results might not be what you want. It's brave. But pushing yourself out of your comfort zone means you'll learn and grow. Do it with us. We'll hold your hand. Not mes- not literally, but metaphorically. And just know... It would be hard to type. It would. <laughs> but just know that um, everyone, well, there's so many people all over the world doing things like this every day that challenge them. And you're not alone. You'll reap rewards uh, for it in many, many ways. And one thing I wanted to mention just at the end was, uh, did, did you hear about Lindy Jacobellis and her journey? I have not. Right. So she's a snowboard cross athlete, which I'm quite obsessed with that uh, sport. I don't know if you've uh, noticed. So you'll have to go and YouTube it if you don't know what I mean. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's cool. It's snowboarding, right? So snowboarding is cool. I want to be cool like Lindsay Jacobellis. And I also thought that'd be a great uh, character name. And uh, Rachel Spangler, who's also a very good sapphic fiction author, she was tweeting that she's just writing down everybody's names for character names in her future novels. <laughs> I thought, that's a clever thing to do. <laughs> I said, can I have Lindsay Jacobellis? <laughs> But anyway, she has been in the Snowball Cross since 2006. This is her fifth Olympics, right? So um, she, she, she's been doing it for 20 years. Uh, so it's probably going to be her last one, I would, I would hazard, I guess. In her first one, she was the hot favourite. Uh, she was miles ahead of the... There's only four people in a race. Two of them crashed out. There's only her and one other woman left in the gold medal race, and she was acres ahead of her. And she came off the last ski jump... And she tried a little trick in the air and she didn't land it and she fell on her face and the other woman skied straight past her and won the gold. And that, that sort of uh, bit of hijinks when she was, I think she was 19 or something, has followed her in her career. And she's won world championships and she's won lots of, you know, um, things in between. But every Olympics up until this year, she has fallen over or got disqualified or fucked it up. Um, and she's been the hot favourite every single Olympics. So she came into this one knowing it was going to be her last. And she held her nerve and she won gold. And I was really pleased for her. And I, I didn't know her backstory. And I looked it up and I thought that is the definition of getting knocked down, getting back up, trying and failing, trying and failing. But she, you know, she knew that uh, with the with the right wind behind her, she could do it. And I'm really pleased that, for her because I think that her tenacity and determination on, to come back was a, a lesson for everyone. Yeah, because clearly that first fall that cost her their, her first goal, um, that got in her head. Mm. That took a while. She had to work that out. Twenty years. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is dedication right there. Yeah, <laughs> absolute absolute dedication. So, so there we are. Well done. Well done. Well done, Linz. And it's and she's USA. USA. 
All right. So, uh, and we still haven't won a gold medal, by the way, or any medal. So uh, we're rubbish at Winter Olympics, um, but I still love it. I did slide down an entire mountain on my butt. <laughs> Come on, give me some credit. Did you Did you get a medal at the end? No, I had to throw my pants out because they were destroyed. <laughs> All right, well, let us know what you think. Have you enjoyed watching the Winter Olympics? Um, have you thought that you could learn any lessons from these incredible athletes? Um, do let us know. Comment on the website, lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us, at leshuwrite, and Instagram me, at clairefic. And join us next time around when we'll be asking, what are your key brand messages? Until then, stay safe, keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.